Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she's tired. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, sir. and pay attention. Boy, he... This is Dr. Cavill, Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. Well, wait a minute. They're on assignment, so we have none other than we're gonna we're gonna give Jamie Walker a raise. He's just went to the Board of Regents, decided to announce that you're moving from just an adjunct. Now we're gonna move you to a visiting professor. So just wanted to give you the acknowledgement live on the show for everybody that's following us. So congratulations with uh, that move. It does come with a little pay raise, so, uh, you know, that'll help always. Appreciate and it. I got a family. Other than, go ahead, Jamie, what'd you say? I said, I appreciate it. I have a family. <laughs> <laughs> and they like to eat. So. <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. I've been in that position before as well. Uh, and still continue to be, I should say. Now we have none other than the clinical professor, A.D. Drew. He's one of are individuals that always finds a way to find his bat in a lineup and uh, he swings a mean bat. So welcome back to the show, A.D. Drew. Appreciate it, Doc. Hey, Jamie, what Doc didn't tell you is, yeah, they may put about two more coins in your pocket, but he didn't tell you about the extra responsibility and the extra office hours and the, and the writing that you got to do now since you've uh, upgraded. Uh-oh. So it's all <laughs> a facade, huh? Now you can release the extra class load that you'll be responsible for instead of just two classes a semester. You're going to teach four classes for 12 hours, and you do that for two direct semesters. So, yes, we increase your workload just a little bit, just a little bit. But, uh, you know, uh, now you get some benefits as well. So not too bad. I appreciate it. I love the way you respond there. Welcome to episode 290 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports, institutions large and small, from the NIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on HBC sports culture, HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs and the business of HBC sports. We even get you into the HBC sports pedagogy. Yeah. We'll frame that a little bit more. What, what word did you just use? <laughs> HBCU sports pedagogy. It's a new one I put out there. Oh, oh, I wrote a paper on it, so I'm oh, going to I'm, I'm, I'm have to use the thesaurus just to even spell that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we going to do that. We're going to do that. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Camille, along with my co-host, Mike Watson. 
Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, none other than Ralph Cooper. That's multi-Hall of Famer in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THT Agency LLC. THT Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational and consulting and data analytics. So we are, what, 20... Three days away, 22 days away from an actual football, HBCU football game at the FCS level. And at the D2 NAIA level. I figured it was a little bit of both. I was wondering if you're going to get in there and talk a little bit about that mix. That's a big classic down there, that big cat classic they like to talk about. They had some news that it will be uh, – picking up on the television platform. So it'll be good to see that we'll be able to get our eyes on that game and seems like more information to come. So we'll continue to share that. I'm going to let the guest join us since he just got the promotion. We're going to start him off. We're going to say, let him begin the process by sharing with us. What's his thoughts on some of the big news of the day? Well, some of the big news of the day, of course, looking at, um, a, a bevy of things, but definitely starting off with um, Ninth Wonder. Ninth Wonder. Since I am a rap fan and connoisseur, Ninth Wonder joins the Elizabeth City State faculty. So loving what I see out of that. Whenever you can bring um, bring just hip hop and and um, HBCUs together, it's always good. So Ninth Wonder joins ECSU artists in residence for fall twenty twenty two. Courtesy of HBCU Game Day, says part of his special faculty role, Night Wonder will teach a class during fall 2022 and spring 2023 semesters, providing professional consultation about booking musical talent, perform as a guest DJ during signature events, and facilitate a hip hop symposium. Uh, definitely out of Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Patrick Dolthick, better known as Knife Wonder, is joining Elizabeth City State University Artist in Residence. This Grammy Award-winning producer and executive has worked with artists in the hip-hop, R&B, and jazz genres, including Jay-Z, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, Wale, Drake, Chris Brown, Rhapsody, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, and more. So really good. And I'll tell you what, Elizabeth City State has really made some news lately. Um, just really doing some things, hiring some folks, really getting back on the map. So that Northeast corridor of North Carolina, hey, they, they, they're trying to make some noise. Yeah, I see what y'all doing up in North Carolina. Y'all stay in the newsroom. It's good. I'm excited about this. You know, professor, when you can get an artist in residence or a professor of the trade, that some people will use it. Or, um, it's fascinating when you see professional in residence. You hear those terms as well. But when you can go to get somebody that has the practical application, that has the lived experience, and you can put that together with the academic framework. And he's, I'm sure, has grown because he's done this at North Carolina Central, his alma mater, where he got a chance to really develop what this looks like. So I'm sure um, he has even heightened that. Obviously, he's done some work at Harvard in terms of their hip hop collection and train uh from an academic perspective of what he does. And I've had a chance to listen into some of his classrooms where he's taped some of those experiences and he's dynamic in terms of how he moves around the classroom, um, putting on the hits, but going and asking critical thinking questions about one, the industry and melting it into a different discipline of how you carry on that language. And I believe with a modern student, which some people are talking about the next generation that is coming is generation alpha, which, you know, as an alpha man, I'm fascinated with them using that term. <laughs> I know you love that one. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what is this all about? But, uh, you know, this group of students, you know, children of millennium, uh, millennials, obviously their sisters and brothers of um, generation Z and Y. And so, if you think about it, which is different from these young people that coming out of 2010 is the year that you officially talk about it, is they'll be in your classroom, correct? And we talked about this at the retreat a couple of days ago. They grew up on YouTube. So things that you talk about in terms of research and library, you'd have to be really 
unique and creative about how you do that because they're used to being able to get information pretty critically and pretty fast. And so um, I love the fact that Elizabeth City State is doing this. And, you know, the provost, vice chancellor, academic affairs at Elizabeth City State, that's Dr. Farrar Ward, quoted as you talked about, we are thrilled to have such a creative, accomplished, and inspirational artist join Elizabeth City State for the school year. Fascinating in so many ways. Exciting that we have this building blocks and this unique ability uh, to have an appreciation from HBCU, not just from his family or not just because of the general connection, but the fact he has that lived experience is also going to be uh, uniquely advantageous, I believe, to what he brings to the table. Before I go to you, Drew, and let you jump in there with um, the next news of the day, uh, if you have any thoughts that you want to share on what this looks like and how that is fascinating, and one way that people don't realize how this is connected to uh, the basketball world, he was there at North Carolina Central at the same time as Coach Mouton was there. So they have a great relationship, and um, they have done some collaborations with each other. Uh, they always celebrate each other for their accomplishments and brilliance. So that's where you see some of this HBCU sporting content. But we always talk about the diaspora and whether it's, you know, Greek organizations that we kid with, uh, sororities or fraternities, the bands in this space, there's a uniquely collision oftentimes of how all these uh, cross each other and collide and bounce and grow and ferment in a lot of ways. Any thoughts on that, Drew? No, you're, you're absolutely right. Like you say, anytime that you can get a someone who has had actual success, you know, one of the things coming out of academics, you learn you learn all this theory and how things are supposed to be. And we all know they taught us all this stuff. And when you got out into the corporate world or to the to the job world, everything they taught you, don't don't your your first employer pretty much told you, yeah, that was cool, but forget that. You got to learn how to do stuff my way. And to see someone who to actually trust someone who's been there, who's had that, who's had success, and can really teach you while you're still at that academic institution the same type of things that you will learn when you get out in that corporate world. Those children should, and excuse the front term children, because these are young adults, but these young adults should have a leg up on their on their competition. In, in the fields uh, that he's going to teach. Just just my personal opinion on that. No, I like that. That's a great point that you make when you circle back about that. And one of the things that I talk about in the classroom as we drive it home is that fact that, you know, I can't tell you exactly the steps that you need to do to get here. What I can teach you or what I prefer to try to talk is about the critical framework. Yes. Making yeah. sure that you have done your due diligence of understanding your craft, that you continue to read and be up on the latest, and that you process things in a such a way that you ask yourself the question, you put yourself in a space that you can navigate um, whatever job or field you're going into. So I really appreciate the way you put that, Drew. Go ahead and give us some additional updates of what is hot out there that's on your mind. Oh, one last thing on Elizabeth City State. This is away from the subject, but about the same institution. I expect Elizabeth City State to uh, just play spoiler in that CIAA North. Just wanted to throw that out there since we were talking about Elizabeth oh, City State. Oh, I like State. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. But uh, and, and this, was, this was not on the script. And you guys went over it a little bit on Tuesday, but I want to uh, bring back up. Uh, the fact that Anthony Holloman is taking over as commissioner for the SIAC uh, effective September 1. This was announced Monday at uh, from, from the SIAC. And uh, you mentioned it because I, I watched the show on Tuesday. I ch uh, chimed in on the chat that Holloman and I, we worked together at Tuskegee. And I say that loosely because he, he was down in the administration building I was just there doing work <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at, at Tuskegee, but uh, you know we 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 would come, we would converse all the time. I would I would go by his office. What, one thing about Holloman, and, and, and I'm I'm getting a little personal with this right now. No matter what he had going on, 
he always had time for you and mm-hmm. made and when I say, and made you feel like you you were the most important thing. Yeah, you see him over there typing, but he's still having a conversation with with you or him jotting down notes for whatever he had uh, going on. And you know, very personable person. You know, I think you're going to see a dramatic shift in the SIAC. The one, the one, I won't say ironic thing, but there, I see a very similar path between Holloman and McClellan. Hmm. McClellan, McClellan was athletic director at a couple at a couple of universities within the same conference that he wound up becoming the commissioner in. Anthony Holloman has been athletic director at two of the institutions in the SIAC. He's been athletic director at three institutions uh, combined. He was an athletic director at Tuskegee, South Carolina State, and currently at Fort Valley State. Anthony Holloman was president of the, uh, was the chair of the athletic director's uh, council. Dr. Charles McClellan was was the chair of the athletic director's council. And, you know, eventually he wound up in, and we saw, we've seen the success and the things that Dr. Cullen has done because he came up through the ranks. I expect uh, Anthony Holloman to do the same thing. And one last thing, I, w- I was actually in that part of Georgia on yesterday. So I just took a, I just took a wild hair up by, you know what, like, let me go run by and see if Holloman is in his office. And he was. And we and we had about a 15, 20 minute conversation because uh, I, 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 I was early for another event I had going on in that area. And of course, you know, he's a busy man. He had some other things going on, but just perfect song. And the one thing that he said is watch out. I've got some I've got some stuff that I've, I, I got some big stuff in the works for the for the SIAC. I got some stuff that I, that he nice was already stuff. working on that he's going to pivot instead of doing it for Fort Valley. He's going to pivot and do some of those things for the SIAC. So I expect by the end of the year, we're going to be talking about the SIAC as a premier division two conference. Like we're talking about the SWAC as a premier division one conference. Oh man. Nice plug. And you heard it here for in the lab, give me some updates and the connection about people that are moving through the ranks, the comparison you made, I uh, really liked the way that you broke that down and made the comparison in such a way that people could digest it. Before we go to the break, quickly, let me jump in here and give some shout out to our lab listeners. We appreciate you. Clinton Perry, the Carlos Brown Show is checking us out. What's up, Carlos? Chuck Hunt, Judith Miller, Theron Waters is in the building. Chuck Hunt, William Sherman Miller, Chad Cooper, Joe Eagle, Noel Price, Wendell Davis, brother Wendell Davis. Appreciate you, Chad Cooper, as I said. Uh, Edwin Dwight Moore Lennon Blow is in the building. Eric Laquette, Odell Benders. Who else we got? Belinda Johnson, brother Gerald Wayne Joseph, Johnny Neal, Jeff Roberts. Checking us out. We appreciate you sending the love. It's Right upon this, uh, less than a month away, you will see the toe, meat, leather, and see people getting down, getting it all around HBCU Sports. And we're going to bring you the latest and greatest right here to give you those updates. Prizes, we'll tease them out over the next uh, couple of weeks. But continue to check us out as we're going to find a way to make sure that you get all your sporting HBCU news, uh, culture, and right here on the Black College Sports Network. With that, we'll be right back after this first break. We'll come back and give you a couple of more news updates. I have a particular question, some hot topics out there, one direction. I just want to get what these gentlemen say. I think they touched about a little bit in terms of uh, what took place. I want to give a shout out to ONG, those that uh, have some interest, I guess you would call it, or maybe a huge fan of volleyball. Make sure you go check out the show. They had an interview with the volleyball. Uh, championship coach from FAMU last night. And I like the fact one of the particular questions, several of them, is really good. You need to check out the interview. But he also broke down just some general thoughts of volleyball across the swag, uh, some of his competitors that he's talked about and gave some outlooks 
uh, where you get a broad base, which you don't get quite anywhere. So shout out to ONG Strike Zone for getting that done. You can go back to Sunday, make sure you check out Brian and AD. Had an interview with Jamie Walker. He was bringing the knowledge, and we're going to see if he can shine a little bit and stick with us and bring some more knowledge. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna love love And who the ball So listen to Professor Yes sir And pay attention This is Dr. Bill Inside the HBC Sports Lab As you see Mike Washington And Charles Bishop are out on assignment So we have Jamie Walker And A.D. Drew in the building before I get into this next topic, I did want to go over and give a couple of quick shout outs. Mary Allen, James Green, Donald Johnson, Michael Lee, Juan C. Hill. Boy, I tell you, they in here, in here, checking us out. As we get back to it, I did saw some of the conversation out there with the FCS preseason All-American selections. A total of eight Southwestern Athletic Conference student athletes, as I call them, college athletes, have been named to the 2022 Stats Performed FCS preseason All-American team, Isaiah Land out of FAMU, no doubter for many people. Jamare Sherrod uh, from FAMU, Kamari Averett, Bethune-Cookman, Isaiah Bolden from Jackson State University, uh, Abdul Fatih Ibrahim from Alabama A&M, Xavier Smith from FAMU. FAMU is littered all over this. Mark Evans II at UAPB. Travis Hunter from Jackson State University were selected as members of the team's Florida A&M's land and Sherrod highlight the list of SWAC selections named to the stats performance preseason All-Americans. Um, you can talk and go whatever direction you want, but one of the questions I did want to get in, it's the scuttlebutt for a lack of uh, information that's out there. Some people seem to be amazed, concerned, whatever you want, frustrated, whatever you want to call it, with Travis Hunter finding his way on, the, uh, on this preseason All-American team. He was just uh, third team, but he did find his way on there. Uh, it's certainly what many people <laughs> imagine as a talent. He did get to sneak out there and show you some talent during the spring game, which happened to be televised. So a lot of people saw that um, just to give some people some other context. HBCUsports.com had a great article where they interviewed somebody that is directly related to the FCS sports and gave you some context in terms of what they were thinking directly about this move. But I'm going to stick with you, Drew, um, and want to know your general thoughts in terms of, one, the hubbub, or whether he should be on there, or just wherever direction you want to go. What are your thoughts on this? That Travis uh-huh. Hunter was able to make the 2022 stats perform FCS preseason All-American team. 
First of all, congratulations to all eight of the players who were chosen to uh, represent the Stats FCS. That's number one. Uh, before I get into Travis Hunter, Abdul Fatah Ibrahim and, and Xavier Smith. I hope they're able to maintain their spot on the All-American team because the biggest question surrounding those two uh, people are who's going to get them the ball. At, at both at both of their universities. Uh now on Jamie, on... do you see him? Did he, he does he <laughs> I really want to go there. He's gonna stop. Look at him, Adam. Look oh, at him. Look I, at him. I'm just uh, well that, that that's the question. Saying. Keep saying, go ahead. Sorry. That's the question. Who's gonna get on the ball? Then we oh, know what they can do when they get the ball. I tease you, but they gotta get the ball. Really is a legitimate question. Yeah. Uh tra- Travis Hunter. I hope Travis Hunter can live up to the hype and i'll just use a way out there analogy when when i use this one travis hunter in the hbcu context it's almost like what lebron james was coming out of high school we've heard all the hype with you know we heard all the hype around lebron james and people were wondering was lebron james going to live up to all the accolades, all the hype, all the hoopla that surrounded him, and he and he did, he did early, and he and he still has what, eighteen years later, he he has still lived up to it. I hope that Travis Hunter is in that same genre of people that we're talking about coming out of high school with all the hype around them, and lived up to them. And I hope he's not one of those people who we were talking about as, man, only if, only if. And a lot of stuff goes into that only if. He's got to be healthy, number one. You've, you've, you've got to stay healthy. You've got to play the snaps in order to get, get, to, get to those accolades that have been ahead of you. So, so just things like that. Obviously, you've got to – he's 18 years old. And he's going to be, you know, he's playing against grown men. Well, LeBron James was 18 years old playing against 30-year-old men. At least he's only playing against 22, 23-year-old men right now. So, you know, shout out to him. But the fact that a freshman was able to come in and get to this team, yes, he was the number one recruit. We don't care what the how he dropped after he signed for Jackson State. We saw what he did against his own competition, i.e. the Jackson State offense in the spring game. Now, let's see what he does against someone in a different color jersey. Oh, good points. Good points when you break it down like that. Let me go to Jamie Walker and get his thoughts on what is going on in the social media sphere, if you would. Well, I mean, you you know it's banter going back and forth. You you know how it is, Doc. Um, everyone has an opinion, but very few facts. <laughs> a lot of the time, um, um, I mean, it's but, even worse when <laughs> when you don't use the numbers because men lie, women lie, numbers numbers do numbers not. Use facts supported with the numbers. You know that's the business, the sport. That's what we talk about. Tell me why, based on some of these numbers. Absolutely. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, you're right. You're spot on. But I think in this case, I mean, it's total opinion because you have, you, you know, you're considering that people are voting on this thing. So it's really their opinion. They have no numbers to go on. So they believe in the preseason that this young man will be, you know, he, he's already one of the, you know, 13 best in, um, in FCS. But I think when you're looking at the talent and, and you know, looking at him really up close, um, being he's from the, the Metro Atlanta area and what kind of athlete he was um, in high school, uh, you could see the talent was there. And so it's, it's one of those things where um, the hype does supersede him. Um, you could call it um, ambitious of people to already put him on his team, and, and rightfully so. I think the talent is there. But I, at the same time, when you're looking at the totality of everything he represents – being um, someone of that caliber coming to uh, not just uh, uh, HBCU, but uh, the highest ranked FCS player um, ever, you know, that has something to say. Um, That says something to others. And I think it gives 
a lot of credibility to, to whatever that's worth to the conference that he's playing in. And so when you look at, you know, his spring game where, you know, and, and people, you know, have their things to say about, you know, the spring game. But I think part of the package when it comes to um, Coach Prime, Coach Deion Sanders, featuring these athletes, that is also part of the package. And so when you have someone of that caliber being featured the way he was in that spring game, you know, other eyes are looking at the way that this young man is going to perform. It feels already that he is in the upper echelon of the FC, of FCS players. So, hey, hey, if you like it, I love it. Yeah, I, I, to your point, um, there also, again, you go to HBC Sports, um, great article that was brought in here in terms of the interview. And one of the things that the senior editor, Kendrick Marshall, did in his interview with Craig Haley, uh, who is the the analyst for FCS senior editor. Uh, and he talked about it being also a projection. And I think people forget that, that a lot of these things are projections based on all the information you have, you're just projecting and we talk about it. And so it got the buzz that it deserved uh, for people having different opinions. And if you write some good articles, part of that, or have a good talking point, part of the talking point is the fact that it provides some buzz with people that may have differing opinions. So we joke when we talk about it having to be, um, you know, all about data and facts and those. You can obviously bring some analysis now if you're going to have dialogue uh, or discussion or debate with somebody, you better bring the facts because some people will make you look silly. But besides that, uh, we see this oftentimes with the magazines that talked about the projected order of finish. And you got people that get in these banners and get in their feelings and sometimes they use it for motivations, which could be good. Um, and sometimes if you're not careful, uh, college athletes will make read, read too much into it before they get into it. But that's part of projecting who will play in the SWAC championship game. Who's going to win the East? Who's going to win the West? Uh, North Carolina being ranked number one, projected to win the uh, Big South, right? Uh, Tennessee State projected third. Uh, Hatton projected last 13 in the colonial. So MEAC having South Carolina state projected one, but these are projections about all the information you have. Somebody's going to look brilliant <laughs> if it happens and everybody else that wasn't is going to look like, you know, they need to go do some more practice and in lot. terms of whatever data information and analytics they have. Right. So you wanted to add something to that? Yeah, I did. And, and, and along with that, I, I, I think a lot of people are conflating a, a couple of different issues along with this and along with his, his presence at media day. Um, some may be feeling that he's getting a lot of, 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 you know, hype too early. And, you know, that again is, is part of their opinion. But I think when you're talking about changing the way that, that business is run when it comes to attracting athletes to, to our conferences, especially, you know, four, four and five stars. I think business as usual is not what we're doing anymore. Now, whether or not I would have, I'm not the head coach of Jackson State University. So that's not for me to say whether he was wrong or right. But I'll tell you what, we're sitting here talking about it. Hey, one, one last thing about Travis Hunter. He's going to get two opportunities to show everybody how, how good he is against two other stats FCS players because Abdul uh, Fatah Ibrahim and Xavier Smith Xavier both Smith. play yep. in the SWAC East and they won. You think, do, you, do you think he's going to be matched up against Xavier Smith day one, first game as a collegiate athlete? I, we know they're both going to be on the field. But is he gonna be is he gonna be matched up with Xavier Smith or is he gonna be on the other side? We'll find out in three. I wonder weeks. how those practices going with uh, Isaiah Bolden over there as well. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah, he, he has to come. He gets to practice against another one <laughs> on a daily basis. Exactly, exactly. That's pretty nice when you break it down. Great point you make in there. Um, and all this is great in terms of the buzz for the sport for Jackson State. For the other players that you just mentioned in terms of the matchups with draws, and you'll see us do a lot more of that 
where we break down some of these matchups. Because in the next segment, I'm going to ask them some questions about some of those quarterback matchups that Drew kind of snuck out there and gave you a piece of it. Um, because when Charles and Mike get back, one of the things I asked them to do in the homework assignment, y'all thought I forgot about the homework assignment. <laughs> How many of y'all brought y'all homework assignment uh, about ranking the top three FCS quarterbacks uh, mid-major, major division? Yeah, I see y'all down there getting quiet in the classroom. Yeah, I asked for a little bit of homework. Y'all, y'all watching out. Y'all slipping. Y'all slipping. You know, you don't get homework in my class. I can get more homework. We're going to provide more homework. So these are kind of things that are important when you start talking about storylines. And if we're going to take the next level about elevating HBCU sports, we really have to make sure that we are talking and elevating players. And sometimes it's easier to elevate folks that are at the front end of the information because they happen to be a five-star number one recruit. They're matched up with cover of Sports Illustrated, right? They have a freshman All-American as their quarterback, Shador Sanders, um, a player that's going to be going both ways that is following in the stead of his favorite player that he watched, who happens to be the coach of Jackson State, Coach Prime. So when you put all these things together, as you mentioned, though, there's going to be some residual about those matchups against Sam Mew, the matchups against Alabama A&M, the matchups at practice, and we're talking about that. So there's some good things about this, whether you agree with it or not, and certainly can understand why people would have some concerns about maybe somebody getting left off. Um, and one of the things we always challenge, if you don't think he it should be there, you got to tell me who should be in his place and why based on the data, the stats as we talk about. We'll leave it right there and park it. We'll get into this next break right after that. We'll come back and I will ask them that question, those tough questions. As we get into some more dialogue, we'll get in a little bit of more news. But I'm going to ask them about some of these uh, matchups of these quarterbacks that are fighting to see if they can get their starting nod. I'm fascinated to see what that will go for a lot of these programs. It'll go a long way of what their season will ultimately be. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this second break. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want, keep tab. Uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. 
press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball? ball. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Will with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. We have clinical professor A.D. Drew. We have visiting professor Jamie Walker in the building giving some updates. We increased his workload, so that's why he got that frown on his face. Uh, hopefully he's uh, not frozen up there as we're going to try to get him going, but we'll make sure we get you this information there. Uh, with that, I did want to do a quick shout-out with um, – Dion Hollabrook was named Jarvis Christian University head baseball coach. Uh, Jarvis Christian, in terms of athletic director, Bobby Ladner announced Dion Hollabrook uh, as the next head coach of Jarvis Christian University baseball program on Tuesday. Quote, we're excited to bring in an accomplished coach like Dion to lead the JCU baseball program, uh, Ladner said. Quote, his coaching experience and uh, and Experience as a college athlete will be tremendous assets as he builds the program and develops great baseball players on and off the field here at Jarvis. Uh, quote there from the athletic director. So fascinating. You starting to see these mid-major programs, NIA and NCA, especially NIA programs that are continuing to push in terms of baseball. Some of them bringing it back. We just heard about Dillard, Xavier, a couple of years ago, so fascinating to see what's going on with the sport of baseball. Uh, but wanted to get your thoughts on that a little, A.B. Drew, before we get into some further dialogue in terms of some of these quarterback races to get your thoughts. You kind of teased that a little bit about FAMU and who was going to get Xavier Smith the ball. We'll take a deeper dive in terms of what your thoughts on some of these matchups, what that looks like. Um, and then we'll see if we can bring uh, Walker back in here. I think we got him. Um, so as we get to this dialogue, Drew, give me your thoughts in terms of Jarvis Christian University and their new head baseball coach. Well, I'm just happy that our HBCUs are making the investment in baseball. You know, uh, at a time we've seen HBCUs cutting baseball here, cutting baseball there. These people are going out and trying – the ones that have baseball left are going out and trying to better themselves. The one thing with the school like Jarvis Christian, I really don't care who the head coach is. Are you giving them the tools that they need to be a successful head coach, i.e. giving them the assistant coaches that they need, uh, a, a full-time assistant, the appropriate amount of part-time assistant? Uh, the equipment and thing, things of that nature. That's the big question when it comes to HBCU baseball that we need to be worried about. Are we getting the other stuff? Because it don't matter who, who you – you can make Tony La Russa, the doggone head baseball coach in one of these HBCUs. <laughs> if you don't give him the tools that he needs to be successful, he's, he, he's going to be 2-20 in conference also. So I'm just going to leave it right there. That's a good place to leave it. But you're talking about put the money where your mouth is. Okay. I see you uh, coming with a little bit of attitude, clinical professor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, one more before we um, get in a little bit more of this dialogue. St. Augustine to launch first HBC ultimate team in the country, courtesy of HBC game day. Ultimate formerly known as Ultimate Frisbee, for those that didn't realize we were going there. It's a fast-growing, non-contact sport with flying discs with the objective of scoring points by passing a disc to a teammate into the opponent's end zone. You've seen these, uh, they're even televising some of these games here and there. Um, and so I see going through the parks, you see people playing it. Growing up, who didn't play Frisbee? Jamie, did you have a little Frisbee when you were young? Did you try to catch it and dive, or did you just toss it around? Um, I did it all. I tried to anyway. Uh, <laughs> when it can <laughs> tried to anyway. I mean, but but this is actually great. I love the news of it because as much as we talk about innovation and as much as we talk about, you know, 
putting ourselves in position to win, there's interest in other stuff. Um, I know this wasn't part of, you know, the news that we were talking about, but even Benedict with their new degree in esports. I mean, yeah. you can see the generation changing and what they're doing now to kind of increase the footprint of what they do because gaming is what they do. So, hey, if people have the interest in, in, in Frisbee or disc, hey, why not? I say go ahead. Great point with the esports, and I'm coming to you, Drew, with your thoughts. But St. Augustine University, as a youth, for many people know, out of the CIAA will field the first HBC Ultimate Team in the country in the fall of 2022. Uh, Dr. Mark Janas, a professor in the Accreditation Council for Schools and Business Programs, ACSPB, accredited SAU School of Business Management and Technology. We want to make sure we get that in there. Is the leader of university's virtual and club sports program. Quote, Ultimate fits in well with our club sports mission to introduce sports that are not traditionally a part of HBCU experiences. Uh, but we want to do more than just introduce the sport. We want to contend for championships against other big school brands in the area, end quote, says Dr. J Janas. Um, it's exciting to have ultimate related topics and content, including the various courses in our sport management program starting this fall, end quote. So the alignment with the business school, the sports management program coming out of the business school, natural fit in a lot of ways when we talk to business or sports. But how do you extend that to practical application? Uh, you do that through the sporting programs. Uh, I really like that when you talk about some of these unofficial programs that you have that are outside of what we call about the NIA or NCA um, program. So generally, what are your thoughts on this, A.D. Drew? Uh, I love it. You know, now I've, I've, I've just promote somebody else's, but you know, I went to the uh, Urban NerdCon this past weekend, and one of the things that was a part of this Urban NerdCon was the gaming portion of it. There was an HBCU institution that was there in the vendor section, Talladega, uh, trying to recruit students for their gaming program that they have so you're absolutely right dr kabir this is the new this is the new wave new programs new ways and this is what these young folks like to do yeah i grew up with my i, I grew up playing my sega genesis in, in in the college dorm rooms there was many nights i should have been studying then i was playing madden on my genesis uh while, while i was at famu but my my point is if I could have figured out how to monetize what I was doing at that point in time, I probably I probably would have explored it. Now, these kids have the opportunity not only to figure out how to monetize it, but and monetize it from playing it. But now they can figure out how to monetize it from programming it, from marketing it and doing everything else around it with these programs that are offered by our institutions now. And the final pin I want to put up when you talk about our institutions, it's also a good thing when you have more outlets that are providing content in regards to marketing your programs. Um, one of the good things that you do with that is if you're an institution and it fits, you have somebody that naturally does it or support it, is the fact that you bring in one of these programs and become the first HBCU or the only HBCU or one of two or three HBCUs or the only HBCU in this region or the only private HBCU or the only public HBCU, whether it's eSport, what you see going on is uh, Benedict in regards to having a lab that's fully functional about providing not only the lab space for intramural sports, as you see with this ultimate, but also in terms of degree programs. So folks can get in the interest and find, um, and it doesn't matter if the field, if you're an expert, you will be compensated uh, handsomely for that. So great points by both of you made on this. Stick with us. We're into our last break. We'll come back a little more. I do want to sneak it in there because they have, um, in terms of courtesy of HBC Sports, Diaz Sanders named one of the college football power brokers. That was interesting when you think about it. And great point in that that the ultimate article was brought to you by HBC Game Day. You can go check it out. They have a full story that really gives you some insight of what that looks like. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this last break. Don't go anywhere. 
One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop are out on assignment, but I have none other than a visiting clinical professor. Uh, and we just highlighted that Jamie Walker has moved up the ranks uh, from just being an adjunct to now he's a professor as well in terms of visiting professors. So we appreciate him coming in and doing this extra duty. Again, we're going to make sure that we compensate him well or at least make sure he has less extra work, whichever work. You know how it goes. <laughs> Deion Sanders named one of the college football power brokers, courtesy of HBC Sports, breaking it down. This came from ESPN senior reporter Adam Rittenberg. Interesting uh, when you get this layer of updates. Uh, the respect Deion Sanders has garnered for his influence within HBC football has expanded into the highest level of sports. The third-year Jackson State coach is now being considered a college football power broker, as described by ESPN senior reporter Adam Rittenberg. Because of the high-impact recruiting classes he's compiled, highlighted by the number one recruit, Travis Hunter. We talked a little bit about that earlier. Uh, his son, Shador Sanders, as well as that some people tend to forget about one of the things that was so, so unique about this last class, that he had two 100s. Uh, he was one of three programs out there that had two or more of the top 100s, which was Kevin Coleman, a wide receiver, uh, top 60 players that joined the squad that is uh, was been there since the spring. So don't be surprised if he gets in some actions and wide receiver and gets uh, things going because the they say the wide receiver room down there at Jackson State is deep. Uh, quote, we open up the eyes that you can go after a four-star, go after a five-star and have an opportunity to win that kid over. Sanders told Rittenberg, but we, quote, but we go after the guys we want, not just because they're four stars or five stars. Sanders also shared his perspective on NIL, polarizing topic that has created division and uncertainty within major college football. Obviously, we know the talk that came out of Alabama. With that, that drove a lot of speaking uh, frameworks with people. Ironically, it was Jackson State linebacker Antoine Owens who became the first ever college athlete to sign a name image likeness deal when he did so last July. A lot of people forget about that over time. So much has transpired. Quote, they're not thinking about the scheme, not thinking about the academic majors offered, not thinking about the city, not thinking about how they're going to fit in your program, end quote. Sanders says what he's going to say. Sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. Some people love it, some people don't. Uh, Some people hate it, so it's going to be interesting to see what that means. Uh, But I did want to get your perspective on this. Professor Walker, what are your thoughts in regards to uh, Dion, Coach Prime, being noted as a college football power broker, according to ESPN senior reporter Adam Rittenberg? Anytime you can make um, the quote-unquote self-professed king of college football, Nick Saban, um, talk about you in a um, <laughs> in a fun <laughs> in a fundraising setting, I guess you are a power broker. Um, I think so. I think he's spot on. And not just because, you know, 
people are a fan or whatever. It's more so of look at what kind of things he has done for Jackson State University. And not to say that it's just been earth-shattering earth in, in regards to, you know, what the school is. You're talking about a school that's produced Hall of Famers and done a whole lot even beforehand. But you're talking about in this modern era, having someone that is able to grasp players and actually be a viable spot that athletes are looking to come to um, in this modern era where so much is dealing with vanity when it comes to our athletes going to these, you know, you, uh, you know, taking all the bells and whistles, you know, coach prime has managed to get eyes on his program and athletes actually considering. So absolutely. He, he would be a power broker. I don't, I, I think the article is spot on. Um, and it's not just, just hype. You just have to look at what he's done, being able to attract four or five stars. If you look at the recruiting, you know, whatever publication or, or site you're looking at, you're looking at, you know, Jackson state always being in the mix of, of athletes considerations. So, when it comes to that, no one has been able to do this before. And so, yeah, you absolutely have to call him a power broker just merely on that alone. But not just that. People are respecting his opinion when it comes to college athletics, whether people like it or not. Because don't get me wrong, there's been some things I've, I've always questioned when it comes to it because I think he's passionate about the sport, but I think it's just not necessarily knowing all the ins and outs in history when it comes to underfunding and, and just how certain things work. But when it comes to just him in general, when he speaks, you know, what's the old thing, E.F. Hutton? You know, when he speaks, people listen. <laughs> so, yep, so what did point. Dion say this week segment? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Drew. I want to get your thoughts as well. Jump back in there. Uh, well, talk about power brokers. And I, and, and I was just formulating this while J.B. was talking. Here we go. Nick Saban. Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, Dion, Coach Prime Sanders. That's probably your top five right there. It, now, whatever order you put them in, that, that's going to be subjective up to you. But can, can, can y'all name somebody else probably more influential or more of a power broker in college football than those five right there that I just named? So and I and I haven't had a chance to read the article. So I'm not I, I don't know what the what the article said, what the criteria was, or anything like that. But just me, when you say power broker, those are the names that come to my mind. So I, I definitely, yeah, I, and I agree with everything Jamie has said. What has Dion said? What did Dion say today? What did Dion do today? What did Coach Sanders do today? What did Coach Prime do today? You know. That's a power broker. Anytime that people waiting on you to say something, Deion Sanders could go right now and sneeze and forget to say excuse me, and it's gonna be a story. So when that happens, to, when you when you have that kind of cloud, that many people follow you, you are a power broker, good, bad, or ugly. Great points, great points there. I did want to sneak in as I told the assignment. I have Charles and my they give me the top three FCS, and I didn't give you a time to get in this, so you don't have to give me this. I'm back into it again, sharing some more love for HBCU Sports. Marshall, we talked about this on Tuesday. They came out with an article that looks these are the five most intriguing HBCU quarterback battles into the fall practice. Let's see what your thoughts on this, starting with Alabama AM. Contenders, Quincy Casey, Coran Taylor, Xavier Lankford. Fan two contenders, Rashawn McKay, Junior Muratovic, Cameron Sapp, Jeremy Mosa, transferred from Vanderbilt there. They look good in the spring. Grambling, Amani Gilmore, Chance Amy, Kajija uh, Holloway, and Katerius Hawkins uh, transferred there. They came out of UCLA, uh, Halloween. Southern, Bubba McDaniels, B. Sean McCrake. Harold Blood and Noah Bowden. Bod, excuse me. Norfolk State, Jonea Fitzgerald, Chris Price, and Jalen Adams are out of those five. Which is your most interesting uh, fight for the starting quarterback position and why? Starting with you, Jamie Walker. 
I'm gonna tell you what. Um, there are two teams that intrigue me when when it comes to that. Um, okay. Fam, we go with that. But FAMU would be the one. Uh, Rashawn McKay uh, being the incumbent. Uh, but a lot of people always question whether or not he should be the starting quarterback for the team. So I think with Jeremy Musa coming in um, and really all of those transfers being able to push him, we'll see if they feel uh, McKay can take them to that next level of, of really beating Jackson State in the East. Um, and, and so that'll be a healthy competition. That A&M competition is heavy as well because you're talking about um, you're talking about the all-world, you know, Akil Glass leaving, and now who's going to step into that spot and run Connell Maynard's offense? Uh, they're going to have to do some curtailing because when you're talking about a starter like Glass, you're not going to duplicate that same one. But you have Quincy Casey that's been in the conference for a while. He knows the pedigree of what they do. So the, both of those are intriguing to me. Professor Drew, what you say? Jamie just made my point that I made about 30 minutes ago. Who's going to throw the ball to these stats FCS wide receivers that we have? Thank you, Jamie, for making my point for me. But the uh, the one that intrigues me probably the most is the Southern battle. And I pick Southern because, according to all the prognosticators, Southern has every other question answered but that one in order to win the West. But if you don't have that question answered, who's your signal caller? You're not going to win the SWAC West, especially in the Eric Duty offense because of what he likes to do on offense. Now, the question will be, will Eric Duty be able to open it up in year one and use his entire playbook? Or will he have to scale it down and only use the odd chapters or the even chapters or however you want to quantify it. that That's going to be the question. Can we identify a signal caller in Southern? And how much of the playbook can that signal caller utilize in year one? Ooh, uh, great thoughts by both of you all uh, when you break that down. And that spins it off uh, when you talk about the East um, and you have those quarterback matchups. What does that mean in terms of those positions as they try to knock um, the king of the mountain off the hill, if you would, using that proverbial phrase. And then you have a transfer coming in, freshman, uh, that was at media day that people didn't even think about. I told everybody because I've seen him down here coming out of North Shore, uh, and uh, people, uh, I guess, didn't quite pick up on it at Alabama State. So that's going to be fascinating. And then you go to the West, obviously, Ramblin and Southern, they're always going back and forth. Uh, so we talked about the question mark there, but then you got Andrew Body uh, in terms of can he take Texas Southern to the next level in those matchups where there's no question who is the starting quarterback. And then obviously also over there at Prairie View, you got a starting quarterback um, that's not coming back, that's had some experience. 7-1 as a starter quietly that people don't really pay attention to, and he came from the arch-rival school in Duncanville who will be taking snaps over there for – Previews so fascinating when you look at it, and let's not throw in the senior that's coming back from a Pine Bluff that most people are certainly uh, talking about. Scholar as Perry, radar. so Excellent Scholar point. Perry. Yes. Uh, when you look at all that, so it's going to be fascinating to see these matchups. The trigger man that's going to get it done in the quarterback. We're going to take the rest of the uh, couple of weeks, and we're going to go position position as we talk about. Uh, we'll come back with those quarterbacks, wide receivers, running back offensive line, and then we're going to go to the defensive side of the ball and break down what they do in terms of defensive fronts, the cornerbacks, deep safeties, free safeties. What does that look like? Everybody is going to be fascinated about these linebackers because these linebackers are uh, different skilled individuals in terms of how people are doing on offense. So it's always fascinating to see uh, those folks that bring the pain in terms of the defensive side of the ball. So we'll break those down for positions. We might even sneak these guys in here before the end over a couple of weeks and get their thoughts. So we'll send them home with their homework as well. Make sure you break down your top three players, major division, uh, as well as mid-major division in those various. So you're prepared when you get the call to talk about who are your top three players in these various interests. That'll do it for us. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. 
I am Dr. Kenyatta Khalil, Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Lewis inside the HBCU Sports Lab with none other than Jamie Walker, A.D. Drew, professors were in the building, uh, making sure that Mike Watson and Charles Bishop were able to get it done as they are on assignment. That's Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Kenyattaville on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We'll talk with you soon. Drew? Of course. Jamie? Lecture. Dismissed.